Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me is fellow contributor, Mr. Akshaz Devadula. Akshaz, I got I have one very important question for you, and that is how is your heart? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Robert, like I was saying, I've tried my best to care a little less about the regular season each year. That way I don't go crazy over the games. And um, all that means is I was not physically, I was literally not physically ready for this playoff game. I sat down, my heart's already going a hundred miles a minute. Mm -hmm. And then that game happens. And by the, like the third quarter, I'm like, all right, I got to just like detach myself completely because (laughs) This is already miserable. And that final interception, yeah. I it took me like ten minutes to walk off the like the functional high I got from mm-hmm. from the adrenaline rush from that. That was yeah. um Yeah, yeah. I um I, I think I I don't think I went to sleep until like almost two o'clock in the morning. Um the game ended at like what, eleven thirty? my time eastern time um and yeah but by the time i got home and sort of was like okay here we go i was just i was just like i can't i can't sit still like it was just crazy like <laughs> um it was it was like the most obnoxious game maybe ever but also <laughs> there you go um i don't know so obviously uh, 49ers win 24 21 over the packers um in you know divisional championship game, this is probably about as bad as things could have got gone for the 49ers, I think, for the most part. And yet somehow they still found a way to win. Um, <clears throat> I mean, my my initial reaction, and we we talked about this briefly after right after the game, and it is they've been talking all season, and we we've, we've talked about this here on the podcast. Like they don't they either just annihilate you or they lose like that's been their mo this year right except for that one game against the rams uh where sean McVay decided that he needed to kick a field goal for no good reason at the end of the game um they have beaten everybody by multiple scores right (laughs) that's just been their mo and so 
you know, and, and Fred Warner talked about, you know, the need to, to win. I think he called it a grimy game. That's what they needed to win. And I think without question, this was their grimiest win of the season. And I think without question, while you really wish they'd played better and really wish they'd just taken it to Green Bay, there were just a lot of circumstances that just made that really difficult to do. And in the end, I think I think that they're they they can be better for it. Like they they can actually take this as an opportunity and go, okay. So we came from behind, we won a game that was ugly, a game that we didn't play particularly well in, and yet we, we got got the victory in the end, and that's really the thing that matters when it's all said and done. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I have an article coming out soon that will go into that explicitly, but to kind of summarize my thoughts in that article now, you know, no one cares if you win each game by like two points or if you win them by 50 in the playoffs. The only thing that matters is you win, right? Like, I think I certainly felt this way in – I don't know if you felt this way, Robert. I thought when you watched that game, it felt like the Packers were just the better team the entire night. I don't even I, – at no point was I like, okay, this is like the 49ers are clearly better other than the first touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when I thought things were going to like, you know, kind of sort themselves out and we wouldn't really be talking much. It would be like the Philly game. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go that way. And I was – I the entire way through, I was like, okay – this is annoying. And like the Packers are just better than them right now. They're executing better. They're taking advantage of the elements better, but the 49ers played better than the Packers for like eight minutes Mm -hmm. in the four for the entire game in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly the kind of thing that this team has not been able to do. I mean, we can talk about this year, Cleveland, Minnesota, even against the Ravens, we can talk about, you know, couple of years, but we can go all the way back to the Super Bowl where the Chiefs were the worst team in the 49ers by far up until 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. And at the end of those 10 minutes, Kansas City won the Super Bowl and the 49ers had a bunch of questions. So I think, you know, it doesn't really matter how, how you get it done. You just have to get it done. And I definitely think having that in your back pocket, knowing that like, hey, when like when it's time and we need a drive, we can do that. Or when it's time and we need a stop, we can do that. That's important. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's human at the end of the day. You have doubt creep in if you have these opportunities. And this is like the one thing you can't do. I mean, we so we're recording on Sunday night. So we both just saw whatever happened in Buffalo against the <laughs> Bills and the Chiefs. But, like, at some point, right, like, for the Bills, a lot of that is going to be, like, mental now, right? Like, it's just the monkey you can't get off your back, and that's Kansas City to them. For the 49ers, it was comeback victories. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. all those are all good thoughts. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think you could certainly make the argument that the Packers were the moderately better team because like they were not like executing, like considering the game that they were coming off of where they scored, you know, five straight touchdown drives and against the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff. And obviously the, the elements and the fact that it was an, an indoor game versus an outdoor game where it's raining and all those kinds of things probably plays into it. But I, but I do think the fact that the 49ers were able to hold them to two field goals and the fourth down stop, 
um, you know, inside the red zone early on in the game. While you have to kind of look at it in hindsight, like how important that ended up being, um, I, I think that's a situation where if if the the Packers are firing in all cylinders like they were last week against the Cowboys, they score three touchdowns there and the game is over. Like that's that's no no question. But so so I, I think I think you're right. The Packers on the whole were were playing better and were executing better. And clearly the rain was bothering the 49ers more than a, than it was. Uh, the Packers, but I think that there's there was enough that the 49ers were able to do defensively, specifically um, in the early part of the game that allowed them to kind of keep it close, right? Because if 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 they kind of collapse there, if they give up touchdowns in any of those drives, then the whole the, the game's over. Like before we get to halftime, just like it was in Dallas last week, and I think you have to give some credit to that, even though you know I think there's an argument to me that this is like a, maybe like a a C minus game from the 49ers on the whole, maybe in some cases even worse than that. Um, but, but if you sort of break it down into, into smaller chunks, like there's a world where the, there, where this game is over before the first quarter is over because they're not able to execute at all defensively. And the fact that they were able to, to kind of keep it close and, 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 and it never got too far out of hand in spite of the fact that the Packers were executing, in larger part, um, better than the 49ers. But, but then at the end of the game, when you, when you go in and you're looking at all the, the sort of statistical situation at the statistics across the board, it looks like a fairly even matchup, right? Um, you know, the, the Packers ran for 136 yards. The Niners ran for 111 Packers threw for 194 49ers threw for 252. So total yards was 330 for the Packers, 356 for the 49ers. Um, obviously Green Bay lost, um, had two fumbles. They didn't lose either of them, but they did have those two interceptions. 49ers didn't turn the ball over. So, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like you said, even though the Packers were, were, it, it wasn't like a, like they were 90% better than the 49ers throughout the game. They were just a, a better enough to kind of keep that lead, but the Niners were able to keep it close. And then, as you said, in those final moments, be it, you know, starting with that first Dre Greenline reception, I think there's a case to be made that they were able to um, to really <laughs> do what they needed to do to win the game. And obviously the, they were able to do that in the end. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it was. Um, it was such a weird, weird game, and I like <laughs> it was a close game. Right? <laughs> Understatement of the century. Yeah, it was a close game, right? I think it makes sense that the stats even out, but relative to our expectations and the 49ers own expectations, I think it felt like a massive underperformance on their right. part. Oh, yeah, both sure. of us predicted like 20 point, 19 point blowouts essentially. And we got a three point nail biter that wasn't over <laughs> until Drew Green lost second interception. But, you know, I, I don't think the 49ers were rusty. I legitimately think they underestimated the Packers, which is obviously bad. Like you don't yeah. want that to happen in the playoffs, but it can happen. That's not an impossibility. And I think it is like, it makes sense to me that, you know, you didn't really play this team. They're coming on strong as of late, but you're not really sure what to expect. And mm -hmm. they were much better than they've been every other time the 49ers have played them. So you know, I think it was a bit of a gut check for the 49ers, but they they came out on top, which means they get to take – I think we mentioned this 
at the end of the Cleveland game in the regular season. You're like, you know, you learn the same lessons no matter what, but it's way nicer to learn those lessons when you win than like when you lose. And that's right. that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now. No, and especially at this point in the season, right? Because if you if you learn the lesson and you and you lose in this particular case, then it doesn't matter at all um, because your season's over. Uh, so at least at this point, hopefully the lesson has sunk in because they've. I, I mean, we talked about this during when when we talked about the Cleveland game initially. the The worst part about that is that they. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities between the way that 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 game went and this game went. Um, including the weather and including the fact that the 49ers lost Debo Samuel early in the game. Um, it's kind of weird or eerily similar. The, the the only difference there is at the end of this game, the 49ers needed four points. And so they didn't have to put um, their rookie kicker in, in a position to win the game for them. Um, and they needed that touchdown. Maybe, they, you know, maybe they just always need touchdowns, but um and ironically, it was the uh, Packers rookie kicker uh, who who opened the door wide for that to be even an opportunity in the first place. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's it wasn't a good game, but the fact that they they won it anyway matters, uh, particularly because if you lose, you're done at this point. And um, so they can continue um, and they will, of course, continue uh, the NFC championship game will take place. On Sunday, a week from today, as we're recording, actually, as we're recording right now, the game will be over uh, at this particular point. Um, and we'll either be very sad or very happy one way or the other. Um, and that will be up against the Detroit Lions, who won after having not having not won a single playoff game in 32 years, have now won two in a row. So good for them. Um, that was a weird game, too. Um, <laughs> kind of like it was it was actually very much mirroring the, the 49ers Packers game for a large chunk of it. And then all of a sudden both offenses are like, okay, we're just going to score points for a little while now. Um, and then the, the lions were able to do just enough uh, to kind of hold off um, the Buccaneers who, and of course it ended on a, a, a completely unnecessary interception. So a lot of, a lot of parallels actually between the two games um, as I'm thinking about it now, but uh, the Lions go to their first NFC Championship game since 1992, I believe, is when the game took place. It was 1991, uh, the 1991 season, the 1992 NFC Championship. It took place in 1992, uh, where they actually got just absolutely bounced by the Washington Redskins. Uh, I think it was 45 to 10. I looked it up today. So um, hopefully more of that from the Lions. But uh, it'll be an interesting matchup. We'll talk about that later in the week. But um, any reactions generally to the to the Lions? Um, well, the most general thing is, as they're a really talented team on offense, and they have a lot of good players on defense, but the question, I think the two questions are, is their defense has not really gelled, and they allowed a lot of yards to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks after allowing, you know, a lot of red zone opportunities to Matthew Stafford and the Rams, and they've done just enough. So the question is against a much, much better offensive unit than either of those two teams. Can they still keep up then on offense and the 49ers defenses? Can you hit Jared Goff? Because if you hit Jared Goff, it's the, the game is over. Like he's, um, he's played really well. And I think it's admirable how like fantastic he's been. And Detroit, he, I think we all, I thought he was like for sure just the bridge, make the salary work. We're going to draft a quarterback guy, Mm -hmm. but they've like, 
they've committed to him and he's played really well and kind, but 49ers have seen enough Jared Goff to know what works against him and what doesn't. So I think it'll be a good matchup. I think both teams match up really well against each other, but you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but also like, I think this is a fair sentiment to have. You'd rather play the Lions and the Cowboys or the Eagles on a talent basis alone. Not mm-hmm. talking about like how functional the teams are. And I think if you could tell if the, you could tell the 49ers that you'd be playing Detroit for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, they would take that before the season started. So now it's all about taking advantage of your opportunities and getting back to the promised land. Yep. Um, and then on the other side of the of the uh, the bracket, so to speak, um, if the 49ers can get back the line, get past the Lions in the NFC Championship game. They're then going to have an opportunity for Super Bowl redemption as they will face one of the two teams uh, that has that they've lost to in the Super Bowl historically. Obviously, the uh, 2012 Super Bowl uh, with uh, Colin Kaepernick and co uh, against the Ravens and then uh, the 2019 Super Bowl in that took place in 2020, you know, 2019 season um, against the Chiefs, who I don't know. I don't know what. I I don't know. The Chiefs, man, uh, they did it again. I guess is really all all we can say. Um, so yeah, that 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 matchup will take place uh, three o'clock on Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. Um, should be a pretty good one, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about either of those teams. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, so yeah, but it's something to watch out for now that it's a a it's going to be one of those two one of those two teams and. Um, Baltimore got off to a a very slow start in their uh, matchup against Houston. Ended up beating them pretty pretty soundly when it was all said and done, but it took them a while to get going. Um, so be, that was kind of what I was thinking was going on with the 49ers initially. I was like, ah, maybe they just need a little, you know, a quarter to shake off the off the rust a bit. But you know, it was a completely different situation for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, both those teams. I didn't really think about the Super Bowl revenge. That's super neat, actually. Really ties everything in narratively. You know, if you believe that the NFL is in fact scripted, but um, <laughs> conspiracy theories aside, yeah, I mean they're both really good teams. They're good for different reasons, but the one commonality they have is they have dynamic quarterbacks who can absolutely like decimate any game plan you have. You know, we've seen the Ravens. It was a weird game. I think the 49ers shot themselves in the foot more than anything Baltimore did. And obviously you can scheme against it. And then with Mahomes, this is a worse offense than the one that beat the 49ers in 2019, but a better defense. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a fun game no matter what, but, you know, can't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, one at, I was going to say, one at a time. Um, Got to get past those, uh, those uh, pesky Lions who are looking – um, to make their first Super Bowl ever. Um, so there's there's that. I don't know. If if, if the 49ers weren't in, weren't in this, I'd be like totally on the on the sure. Let's you know let's cheer for the Lions because you know they're the upstart team. So but they are, and so I'm rooting against them. <laughs> Pretty obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so the only other sort of news out of out of sun out of Saturday's game. There I did it. Um, was uh, the unfortunate uh, loss of Devo Samuel in the early part of the second quarter, I think is when he eventually went out. Um, initially came out on uh, after, I think it was his second reception, um, took a shot to the head, which was, of course, 
as as many things were on this day uncalled um no flags of any kind um went to the went to the blue medical tent was cleared from the concussion came back out a couple of days later he was running back to the to the uh to the locker room and they were looking at his shoulder the same one that he had an injury in early in the season um obviously we don't know anything about it at this point because it just happened yesterday but um i mean <laughs> we'll see Debo's Debo seems to think that he'll be good to go um obviously they'll take it really easy with him throughout the week and make sure that nothing's uh in really bad shape um obviously the concern is that he had that hairline fracture in that shoulder earlier in the year and you just hope that it's not the same thing and it's not the same kind of uh longer term injury did miss two additional games after the cleveland game uh with it and you know we talked about this at the time but his his absence certainly makes a difference with this team and you know Kyle Shanahan talked about it after the after the game in his press conference how difficult it is um to transition in the middle of the game to losing him like if you don't have him you can prepare for it um and still be successful but the fact that they had to just kind of plug Jawan Jennings into his spot in a lot of cases was <laughs> problematic to say the least uh like for instance when they tried to do a running play with Jawan Jennings who is not uh, the most fleet of foot uh, player on the team. Uh, Shanahan even, I think I, I, he acknowledged uh, during his post game presser, he was like, yeah, that was on my, that was on me. Cause I just sort of called a number and didn't even think about like what that actually meant uh, without Tebow out there. And then suddenly looked up and realized that Juwan was in the backfield and like, okay, well this isn't going to go well. Um, so there we go. Um, yeah. So I guess we we're in wait and see mode and hopefully by the time, I, I would assume by the time we pr- record the preview for the for the NFC Championship game, we'll know more about what his status is going to be. Um, uh, it's obviously a pretty big loss. I don't think it derails their their chance to get to the Super Bowl, but he'll he'd be a big miss if he couldn't play in the game for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he is one of the many engines that makes this team go, along with McCaffrey and Ayuk, in my opinion. But um, he um. He's one of one, and against the Lions' defense in particular, you kind of want that changeup that he provides. Also for him, you know, C.J. Garner-Johnson is talking a lot of trash towards Debo. <laughs> now, Debo also talked a lot of trash himself, so this isn't like a, oh, like, uncalled for. Like, these these guys were going back and forth, so you'd love for Debo to get the chance to kind of prove what he was saying on the field. But, you know. We'll we'll just have to see how the cards fall. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and if this were like a middle of the regular season type of thing, you'd be like, oh, you know, just rest them up for a week, see how it goes. But you, since you're not guaranteed to be playing after Sunday after Sunday evening, um, if I imagine that if he's okay, like even remotely okay, um, to go, that they'll 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 try and see what what they can do, but. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but other than that, you know, you survived um, any injuries of any kind, um, and you won the game. So all in all, I think that's 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 all you can you can hope for, right? Everybody, for the most part, coming out pretty healthy and um, in a pretty good shape um, as you head into the NFC Championship game. I, I I don't think you could ask for a whole lot more. Obviously, you wish they were playing better um, than the than the. The, the game that they played on on Saturday but hey man we're one of the last four teams in this in this thing for the third straight season uh fourth time in the last five seasons 
it's it's pretty remarkable like what this team has done and it's just a real shame that they haven't like for whatever reason at various times have been able, unable to get over the hump and just win the win the whole thing but um man they've just been remarkably consistent over the last five seasons for sure um and it's just it's it's been cool to watch um in spite of the fact that they haven't won the whole thing yet absolutely agree i think you know if you could ask almost every franchise as fans would you trade your teams like run for the 49ers everyone except the teams that have won the super bowl would probably say yes maybe not the eagles because they're kind of you know <laughs> they uh yeah i don't yeah maybe not those fans but like you know most every other super bowl winning team since shanahan's been hired yeah they'd um they probably say yes because it's been remarkable, like you said. They've been super consistent in getting back here, and we're just we're all they're waiting and we're waiting for that one season where it all like it all clicks for whatever reason because that's all they need to to essentially notch that little name next to them as being like one of the teams that defines the stretch into NFL because they're almost right there, right? Not only yeah. are they like insane offensively in re-revolutionizing the way the NFL is played, just Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Not only has their defense been like historically good at times, all they like they've been in the mix every single year. It's a constant that the 49ers will be in the conversation, which is an insane blessing. And if you can just add one title to that, like constant, constant, what is the word I want? Contention, constant contention. <laughs> constant there contention. You go. Yes. Like, that's it. That's yep. that's icing on the cake. Exactly what you want. So, you know, obviously, like, it doesn't even need to be said. Everyone who's listening to this and speaking on this wants that to happen. We want that to happen every year. I think they have a really good shot. You know, they've, um, they've played really well. They've had a couple slip-ups here and there. But this is a year where you feel, or I feel at least, if they're at their A game, they're unstoppable. And that's not always been the case. I certainly didn't feel that last year. Right. I was like, even if the 49ers play their best, a team like Philly last year can get them because, you know, their best has these problems. But this year, when the 49ers are clicking on all cylinders, they're, they're unstoppable. And, you know, all you need is two more of those games. And they've run to games like that in the past, had stretches like that. And... We get to spend an entire off season celebrating instead of bemoaning what could have been. I, I like it. Let's 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 get excited. Let's do it. Um, let's let's sign me up for that. Um, I'm I'm down. It's better than we're losing one of these next two games. That's for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's. I, I, we're 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 meandering a little bit more than we would under normal circumstances, but it's it's kind of a weird game to talk about in general. Um, so it, let me ask this question. Um. In a more in a sort of general sense, um, obviously a lot of conversation about Brock Purdy after after Saturday's game um, for a lot of reasons. Um, there are opinions all over the map. Um, there are people who have decided this is this game is proof that he's no good. Um, look how terrible he played for basically the entire game. I don't think that's true. Um, at least not to the full extent that they want it to. Uh, be true and then there's the group that has decided well this actually um proves the opposite thing that you think it does by saying that he's bad um <laughs> you know he played poorly yes 
um, through much of the game. But when the when the time came, it was it was, you know, he, he came through. Um, and I'll, I'll admit my my friend who was who I was watching the game with a bunch of a bunch of people. Um, and he was like, what are you worried about? Like, you know, they're going to win in the end because I was just yelling the whole time because I was so angry about how bad the ga- badly the game is going. And I was like, no, I don't think they are like they're not playing. They haven't shown me anything in this game that suggests that they're going to be able to finish this off. Um, and then like 20 minutes later, they they did and everything was OK. Um, anyway, meandering around are, are I don't know this. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances in this game, obviously, um, the weather being one. Uh, the the lack of of Devo throughout the game, which I think really impacted their ability to kind of run the game plan that they wanted to against this uh, this Packers team. I don't know. It it feels too much to to make this game an indictment on Brock Purdy. Um, so are, are we worried about him, or are we saying there were just like he's clearly uncomfortable with rain? Like when when it's wet, it's just just doesn't work out particularly well for him and. That may be something that he's going to have to deal with and he's going to have to figure out throughout his career. Um, but it, the two games that he's played in the wet this season have not have been his two worst games of the year. Um, but yet in both of them, he managed to pull off <laughs> what should have been a game winning drive against Cleveland and what was a game winning drive against the Packers. So I don't know. The, the exact question is, are we worried about Brock Purdy based on this game? Or are we just like chalking it up to circumstantial evidence in this particular case? I mean, I'm I'm always worried about Brock Purdy, mostly because <laughs> I'm just worried about the quarterback for the 49ers. There's um, like in order, there's three things I'm worried about when they're playing games right now. Number one is Purdy. Is he going to be good or bad? Because he's been bad now, and when he's bad, like he almost becomes catastrophically bad, and there's just nothing to um, nothing you can do. Like the Ravens game. Not his best performance. Also, not of like, like a lot of bad bounces. But mm-hmm. he like, he took the 49ers out of that game. I think almost in spite of him, they were staying close to it. And then a couple more bad interceptions, and it was over. So he's one. Two is Ambry Thomas because <laughs> I, I what's it called? Like this was classic bad Ambry playoff moment. Yeah, and he's played better. I mean, I appreciate the resolve he's had in his career to fight back for this starting spot, but I just, if they had a replacement for him on the roster right now, they would start that guy. I'm almost 100% sure of it. I think that's why Jason Verrett was getting so much nickel run, is because ideally they would have put Demo back outside and ran Verrett in the nickel. Next year, I just don't see how you can have him be your starting corner. So. Mm-hmm. That's the second concern. And then third concern is the offensive line, just because, you know, pressure can decimate everything. And if they aren't blocking well, the entire system falls apart. But, yeah, yeah long story short, I'm concerned about Purdy. I thought he played, like, horribly, which is probably a bit of an overstatement, but he was just off the entire game. And yeah. he had a couple really, really good throws, but, like, two pick sixes that were dropped, you know, Clearly, like, rattled by pressure at some points. Missed Ayuk, who's wide open a bunch of times. The whole, the operation just wasn't working. And, you know, if this was seven weeks ago, we'd probably be talking more about, like, oh, you know, here's some concerns. Here's a little big picture thing. But the reality is they only have to win two more games. And he played well, good enough for them to win one game. And 
that's all that's all there is to it right like would it be better if he had those great throws like the third down throws to Ayuk and to Jennings throughout the entire game yeah obviously but you know he did what he needed to do and I think for him if there's a positive it's that he's told himself now you know all players have irrational confidence that's part of why they're able to play on these stages but he doesn't have to have a voice in the back of his head saying you haven't done this before like this isn't going to work out he knows he can lead this drive and win a game but yeah I mean even like if against Detroit, the 49ers defense is able to play well enough such that Purdy doesn't have to be that good to win it, he's going to have to be on his A game to match up against Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. And right. I like, I saw a tweet just scrolling recently, and it was like, the issue isn't whether or not how he played this like game. It's that to win the Super Bowl, he has to be better. Because... Yeah something else is going to go wrong. And I think that's where I'm at right now is I'll take the win, but, and we've seen him play well in the playoffs, like, you know, against Seattle last year, absolutely cruising. Then Cowboys gave him a tough run and, you know, you never really got to see what he would do against Philly, but the Cowboys defense is the best defense that he had faced and will face in the playoffs. I think Yeah, he's over the two years. And he was like, he was okay, and he was okay against the Packers, but, you know, no rain next week in Santa Clara, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Definitely no rain if you're inside a dome in Vegas. And yeah. I think he'll have he'll have the right setup to potentially do something. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it was it, – it clearly was bothering him. I mean, there was the whole the – whole, uh, viral moment that happened in the middle in you know later in the game when he had to he transferred the ball over to his left hand so he could wipe his <laughs> his throwing hand off um i think that was right before the that errant pass to to ray ray mcleod where he also seemed like mcleod might have run the wrong direction um like there was definitely some miscommunication along with the slippery football um and you know i think i think to to a certain extent some of that is where physical limitations that he has just being not very tall and not very big that probably comes into play you know if you ask the question of like why was jordan love able to handle the the conditions a little better well he's a bigger guy i assume his hands are bigger therefore he can grip the ball a little bit easier and frankly his his mechanics went out the window late later in the game too like those two interceptions were just like terrible like as as well you know as effective as he was i wasn't like overly like massively impressed with him as I, as I anticipated that I would be over the first couple of quarters, but he, he absolutely like fell apart in the fourth quarter. Like he, he turned into a pumpkin man and just like, couldn't figure it out. Um, you know, late in the third, third quarter into the fourth quarter, like he was just, I, I don't know what was going on. Um, he was channeling his inner Favre and Rogers at the end there where he just, you know, turning the gunslinger and it didn't work out. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think some of it is is the weather. He clearly was uncomfortable. He clearly couldn't get, you know, a good grip on the ball and make good throws. And um, some of it was yeah, he got bailed out by the fact that the Packers aren't particularly good in the defensive backfield to where they don't. Um, their two interceptions last week, last week against the Cowboys aside, um, they have not been very good at catching the football as as a defense. So 
that helped him out a little bit. And you're not always going to get the benefit of that. Sometimes you're going to get a Ravens team that's really good at catching the football uh, on a defensive side. And sometimes you're going to get a team like the Packers who's not going to make you take advantage of it. Um, Then again, (laughs) Jared Goff threw a ball today. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one Um, early in the game where it literally looked like he was trying to throw it to a, to a Baltimore defensive back. Like it hit him directly in the hands. It was, um, I can't remember his first name, Dean, uh, from the, from the, the Buccaneers who literally looked like he was the intended receiver. Um, and he got bailed out by the fact that he couldn't catch the ball in that particular case. So it, you know, it happens. To everybody is really the point that I'm trying to make. Um, so I think yes, because of certain, attributes that he has as as not being like the biggest strongest tallest you know guy he's going to struggle in certain circumstances that other more physically gifted players might not um and so he he just has to figure out a way to to use what he does have to to make those situations not hurt him so very much because it can't it, he can't just like wilt away every time it rains that's not that's not going to work so I'm I'm a little concerned, but also, as you said, the weather in Santa Clara is supposed to be nice next week. And if they make it to the Super Bowl, that's indoors. Everything will be fine. So those that confluence of things where the that where the struggles have really come with with the bad weather. I think we don't have to worry about that, at least over the next for at least for this season. Yeah, you know, like long term, it's a huge issue that like he just is bad in the rain because that's like. That's a really weird and specific thing for a guy to just not be like not be good enough. And I think, you know, two games is a small sample size, but I think it's fair to say like he's just off when the t- conditions are bad. And, you know, we'd like for that to not be the case in the future. But the future, you know, there's all these like big picture about how will this team get better? What will they do? Blah, blah, blah. Right now, they just got to win two games, like you said. It's going to be good weather for both those games. He just has to play well in the sun, not make any dumb throws. Honestly, he just has to do like peak Garoppolo, <laughs> which not yeah. to be an insult to former 49ers QB Jimmy Garoppolo, but like Brock Purdy has played way better than Garoppolo has ever played with the 49ers in terms mm-hmm. of like what he can do on the field. If you can like play a what Garoppolo like what a good Garoppolo outing was, which was efficient, don't put the ball in danger and just hit the open guy, they'll win the Super Bowl. I think. Yeah. I mean, last time they were in the Super Bowl, if Garoppolo played like that, they would have won the Super Bowl. But <laughs> no, not, that's oh, not, what a weird, what a what a different world that would have been, huh? Uh huh. So, um, there's somebody should write that book. That's the book I want to read. Like the. <laughs> The sliding door of what would have happened if Jimmy Garoppolo had held on, um, had not fallen, turned into his own version of a pumpkin in the fourth quarter of that game. That would have been wild. Anyway, um, were you done? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think yeah, my point is just is basically, yeah, don't like he just has to be good enough. I don't like. I don't need like some people it seems to coronate Brock Purdy. I frankly don't care. Yeah. That's like later in his career we can talk about that. Right now I just want him to hoist the Lombardi trophy. I don't care if he throws two passes to do that or fifty mm-hmm. or a hundred and twenty. Just just win the next two games. That would be a lot. That would be a really weird situation where you had to throw. Do <laughs> you imagine? What would he do? Um, his arm would fall off. I feel like if you had to throw the ball 120 <laughs> times in a game, um, 
I'd also that also that has to be like what quadruple overtime or something like that. We're just just crazy. Um, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know under the best of circumstances, what did he throw? Thirty nine passes on Saturday. That that's not really what Shanahan wants to do most of the time. And I think again, losing Debo probably impacted this a little bit. It was a little strange that he kind of forgot for a little bit that Christian McCaffrey was on his team. Um, he does that from time to time. It's very strange. I'm not sure what Shanahan does. It's like, dude, that's the best running back in the NFL. You should probably give him the ball. Um, especially given the fact that this was supposedly a bad Packers, uh, run defense. Um, so interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if 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 Brock Purdy can be can go back to the efficient player that he has been throughout most of the regular season, I think I think you're right. I think there's a they're they're definitely going to beat the Lions if he plays that well on 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 Sunday, and they're going to give themselves a puncher's chance uh, to win the Super Bowl all all together, um, depending on how the matchup works out. But um, yeah, man. <laughs> This is nerve wracking, man. I just hope they, uh, I don't know. We'll get, we'll, we'll talk about the NFC championship game more in more detail, but I, I, I liked it better when they were just blowing people out, man. That was more fun. Right. Like, can yeah. we go back to that? Can, can we yeah. do that again for the rest of the regular season or for the rest of the playoffs? That'd be super. I mean, it's just, it's so annoying because I like, because I think it's the factor of like, we both thought, it was going to be like, yeah, we're like, we're the guys, right? Like, don't even worry about it. Don't stress it. We're, we're the number one seed, the Packers, you know, cool that you beat the Cowboys, but we're not Dallas. And that's true. The Packers, um, walloped Dallas and Mm -hmm. lost to the 49ers, you know, and that's the difference between championship teams and not championship teams is that you got to be able to weather the punches and come out on top. That's at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. But, it would be way easier to talk about confidence in winning the Super Bowl. They just won like 56 nothing. You know, ran for 250 yards, threw for another 350, and you're just looking at it and you're like, "Wow, this team is literally unstoppable." Yeah. But you know, the the bright side is this is probably I think this is the third or fourth worst game the 49ers played, like across the board when you talk about all the different like parts of the team. I think the yeah. worst game they played has got to be the Ravens game and the Bengals mm-hmm. game. Cleveland was weird. You can probably, but Cleveland, Minnesota, and this, I think they're the same type of game. Yeah. Like this is bad. This is not like outclass bad, but like clearly something was off bad mm-hmm. and they won. Right. That's yeah. all. Yeah. That's, that's what matters is that they walked out of there with the win. And Yeah. And, and really like, like Cleveland, the Cleveland and Minnesota games, you can definitely talk about like extend the extenuating circumstances that led to those losses, right? Um, and we talked about the bad weather in Cleveland and the fact that Cleveland's defense was off to, to such a great start at the beginning of the season. Um, and frankly, they had the opportunity to win that game. They they should have won that game, like just straight up. Like if Moody makes that kick, they win the game. We're not even we we would have not we would not bring that game up every couple of weeks because it's just like that that inflection point the minnesota game obviously had the fact that that brock was probably concussed was most definitely concussed during the entirety of the fourth quarter he was playing pretty well in that game and then 
his brain was getting rocked around and he didn't play well at all in the fourth quarter, sort of the, the inverse of this game. Um, so I think the two worst games are definitely Baltimore and, and Cincinnati uh, because those were, I think the, I think pretty safe to say the two best teams that they played uh, at least at those particular points <laughs> during the regular season. Um, obviously Cincinnati lost their quarterback um, after not long after that game. And that impacted their ability to, to get the playoffs and everything. But um, I think that's what I think to me, it's, it's, it's Baltimore Cincinnati. And then this one um, with, because of, of all the caveats that, that the Minnesota and the Cleveland games had, um, and then, you know, we don't even talk about the, the Rams game at the end of the year because nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were, you know, I think you and I have different opinions on the extent to which they, um, they were played against the Packers. Like how much worse was it? I am of the opinion that they were like, like kind of clearly for 52 minutes or so the worst team. Like, and I mean, like they did just enough, but I always say like when you're holding teams to three points in the red zone and you are like up because your team scores the one like touchdown strike nine times out of 10, I'm like, all right, the team that's got those red zone chances is going to win because eventually the dam breaks. And honestly, up until the fourth quarter, that's what happened. The dam broke, but Mm -hmm. They they weathered the storm. I mean, I think it's a weird place to be because I feel like we are so accustomed to them losing this type of game or just not being in this type of game. To them winning this game is like, honestly, <laughs> right now, I'm a little bit like, I don't know what to say or do yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, they were, <laughs> were they, so, if, I mean, it feels like, like my brain is telling me, oh yeah, they lost, but they didn't uh-huh. lose, they won. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 That's a hundred percent what it feels like. It's like, wait, hold on. Like I just, I, you think about it every couple, every so often you're like, Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. They did win that game. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Good, good, good job. Um, it, and it's weird because again, we're doing this very differently than we do most reaction podcasts. I think for that very reason is the fact that it, the final eight minutes of the game change everything to a certain extent. Right. Cause mm-hmm they won the game. So part of you's like, eh, does it really matter that they sucked for the first 52 minutes of the game? I mean, in the longer term it does, right? Cause they can't do that again because the, the three remaining opponents that they, the one remaining opponent that they definitely have. And the other two that they could have, if they play like that for 52 minutes, they're going to get blown out of the build out of the building. Right. Absolutely. No question about that. Uh, um, but at the same time, you're like, okay, but still they did enough even though they weren't the best team, they were the lesser of the two teams for the first 52 minutes or so. They did enough to keep it within striking distance so that when they finally got their act together in the final eight minutes, um, they were able to pounce and, 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 and get the win. And, you know, the, the, the analogy that's been going around, and this is hyperbole to a certain extent, right, is, is the, the the 1981 NFC Championship game, and I'm sure you've heard this conversation been floating around over the last couple of days, over the last you know 24 hours or so. Um, and honestly, I didn't not I did not know this until it's been kind of coming up over the last couple of years because I wasn't alive during the, when this game happened. So that's my fault. And and that's the fact that 
Joe Montana was not playing particularly well in that game. He had thrown three interceptions that's you know, during the course of the of the game, but they're still in it. And at the end of the game, he throws he throws one of the most iconic <laughs> passes of all time, and they go to the Super Bowl and they win their first Super Bowl. And just do most people know that Joe Montana was not playing particularly well that game, and he had thrown three interceptions? I don't think so. I didn't know that because I, again, it wasn't. I n- never thought about it. And I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, and so, so, to a certain extent, it is kind of like that. And if they do go on to win this Super Bowl, we're not going to have a conversation about how badly the first 52 minutes went in the divisional game against the Packers. Um, it'll be a nice little anecdote about, oh man, they really, they really almost lost the thing, and then they went on to to take the take the whole the whole shebang. So, um, again, it is concerning to a certain extent, but also they won. And so to, to the other extent of it, it's like that kind of washes away a lot of, of, of what happened in that game to, again, not completely because they have two more games to play and they have to improve and they have to do better, but at least they won, I guess. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree. I also unfortunately was not alive for, for the catch. So well, I, closer I me than you, but that's beside. <laughs> um, but you know, it's true. Like, if they, no one talks about the fact that the like the Chiefs played bad enough to be down like double digits against both teams they played in the on their Super Bowl like and every team they played in their Super Bowl run. You only mm-hmm. talk about the fact that they won those games because when you when you win everything, right? Everything is okay. Like everything is just like part of the journey. When you lose everything is like an indictment of what could have been, you know? And it's hard because our podcast, I think when we do these recaps is a lot of like process over results, right? At least that's how I like to think about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like what could be improved in the future. But the reality is right. Like we're saying they did not play very well this game. They probably could have lost, maybe should have lost. Mm-hmm. Like the Both. process process was all bad here, but the result is exactly what you want. And I mean, that it's the biggest like divergence of these two that this team ever does on the biggest like stage, because like we've been saying, it doesn't matter that you won by three or if you won by 30, that only makes like fans feel good. Right. Or yep. like betters, I guess. I think I saw somewhere. Someone was <laughs> That's like, true. A lot the of angry people between, in the betting market. <laughs> uh huh. The only difference between thirty-one twenty-one and twenty-four twenty-one is a certain group of people who bet a certain line for the 49ers. But you know, who like it's it's weird because I feel like I'm like I'm having to like remind myself basically like who cares? Like who cares that they um, lost this? That they played that poorly? They won. Right. Mm-hmm. They can go. They can play Detroit and win like 56 nothing. I don't know why that's the. <laughs> you just like 50, you really want them to score 56 points. <laughs> exactly. But um, and it all it would still be like, OK, but now like they're going to go now two what? weeks. Yeah. And yeah, now you, you just got to beat the next guy. So, you know, like Detroit didn't play particularly well against Tampa. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous that Tampa scored 23 points against them. And had a chance to tie that game. And really, you know, if it wasn't for like Tampa Bay being just atrocious at pass protection, allowing free blitzers, 
they were really in a pretty good command seat and did like, you know, but we're, we're dealing with the pressure of expectations and evaluating this team because they should have won against the Packers and they did. They should have mm-hmm. played better and they didn't. They should win against the Lions and who nope. knows what will happen there. You know, like, and they <laughs> should, they sh- arguably, they should win the Super Bowl, right? They're mm-hmm. probably the best team in the NFL if you look at like their track record this season. If not, the Ravens are a smidge better and they're like right there with the Ravens. So, you know, all these things should work out in their favor. And it's not always been the what case. So when you get something that like makes you have to reevaluate, whoa, are they actually this good? It can be, it can be difficult. So, you know, not to be gloomy about a playoff victory because <laughs> that was awesome. Like, <laughs> like, that was such a great, great game for them to pull away from at the end, but it's a weird situation to be in for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, but at the same time, it's all, it's also not a bad place to be because at least you're still here, right? There's only four teams left and here they are. They're, they're in the mix. Um, and if they win one more game, then they're playing in Las Vegas on February 11th, which is exactly where they wanted to be when the season started. Um, and they should have a pretty good chance of, uh, of, of, competing for to win the championship like they're they're here um which again there are what (laughs) 28 other teams that can't say that um so it's at least i don't know we could get into the and i'm sure at some point we could get into the the philosophical debate about whether or not it's better to to lose later in the season or not get into the thing at all or whatever and you know there's here that's neither here nor there but um Man, I just you know the fact that 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 this run has been so successful, bar bar a championship, um, and then and that really other than Kansas City, they've been the most, I think, I think pretty safe to say the most successful franchise over the last five years, um, because they've been there, like they've been in the mix, and that's that's really important. So I don't know, this is gonna be like a nerve wracking like next three weeks, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, absolutely to a certain extent i mean you know i'll i'll say this i don't know if i've said this on the podcast but i don't know i've mentioned this to you robert this is the first year where i've gone into the playoffs thinking they'll win the super bowl yeah i mean i like i'm like and that like that's a really weird place to be in to be like so sure of this and then boom first game you see it feels like it's not going to happen so but, hard. <laughs> I mean, it's um, we're it's like it's difficult right now, and I just think it's our reactions to winning a close come from behind game is kind of proof of the stat that I know you've never been a big fan of, which is the whole um, you know, Owen thirty when. Mm-hmm trailing because as you mentioned there's so much context into that they're rarely in those positions to begin with and also that includes like some of the worst teams yeah we've both seen at the and, beginning of the Shanghai tenure <laughs> and on top of that they they technically won their first game in that mix in spite of the fact that they were only down by five my more than five points for like 
eight seconds in the fourth quarter because Jake Moody kicked the field goal like right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They were technically down by four, like almost immediately. So it, you know, barely even counts, but it it's a technicality and it technically counts, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Like that's the most that's the most funny way for that streak to end. I got to say. I absolutely I mean, it's just, you know, like. This is weird. We are not used to this situation. Last year, right, they like dominated the Seahawks, even though it took them like a half to get there. But by the end of it, you're like the better team won. Against the Cowboys, they were like always ahead enough to where, even though it was a slugfest, it wasn't one that they had to pull away from. And then the Eagles game was a travesty, right? Like, what yeah. are you going to talk about with the injuries? But this is different. And it's good. I mean, I think Shanahan mentioned that this was a character game. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to some extent, every, like, champion or most really successful teams have games like this where everything's going wrong, the other team is giving you their best shot, and you're just not up for it, and you still find a way to win. And hopefully, I think this all bodes well for them, but, you know... Nothing, nothing about this Packers game, I think, can be said, good or bad, until we find out what happens in these next two games. Next game for sure, and then the game after that, if they, if they are what to call it, if they earn that chance. Because this whole playoffs run is defined by whether or not they win the Super Bowl, yep. not by whatever happens in between. Correct. Well said. I, th- I think that's a good ending point for this one. Um We'll we'll be we'll be back later in the week. Um, we're gonna talk. This is like the earliest episode we've done in a long time, um, but we'll be back later in the week. We're gonna get deeper into the NFC Championship game against the uh, Detroit Lions and talk about the things we we talk about when we do those previews. But um, until then, we appreciate you and thank you for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network. As always, please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. (laughs) 